developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Yes, to key, we will be on you, in you. Beach Club, Pimple Toddler, 9 o'clock tonight. Come on out and join us. Uh, somewhat breaking news. Former Lightning GM, who just decided to step down this season, has now accepted a job as the uh, GM of the of his home team, the Detroit Red Wings. Mm. So there you go. That was his motivation. Okay. Stevie Y says bye-bye, goes back to Detroit. Leaving us here and still shaking our heads, wondering what the hell happened. Uh, Spanish, please go get Mike Vecchione and bring him in the studio. Uh, don't forget, we have to uh, give an update on the uh, karaoke. I mean, do you have? I have it you right want here. To do that real quick. Sure. Spanish and last with four percent, followed by Mike Kelta with fifteen percent. Yeah. What? I'm in at third with seventeen percent. Carmen. Oh come on. In second you with thirty percent. Just- and Gallbladder himself in with 34% Geo leading right now. I, I thought Geo did a fine job. I'm not yeah. against Geo, but Carmen yeah, that's was ridiculous. horrendous. Right. Mike Vecchione, how you doing? Good. Look at Mike. He looks like every guy I went to high school. <laughs> of course. Yeah, in a good way. In a good way. How you doing, my man? Good, man. Uh, I know it's early. It's it's tough. You are in, uh, you're in fantastic shape. Well, thank you. What were you a wrestler? Thank you for having me. I was a wrestler, yeah, in Florida. I was. Uh, well, I started in Ohio, but I placed second in the Florida um, state championships. Uh, did you ever consider? Uh, well, for what? In college or in high school? No, in high school. Okay. Did you do yeah. it? Did you get a, a scholarship? I didn't get a scholarship. I walked on at Penn State. Yeah, and, and uh, I proceeded to get um, take beatings for a year. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's the only time I've been to Tampa was for the Sunshine Open in like 1992, and I just uh, I won my first match, and then I just took a be- I I got beat. No down. kidding. Tampa's yeah. got a pretty good. What's the? It's uh, Brandon. Brandon's got the like top wrestling. Yeah, Brandon's I don't know funny. how Florida wrestling is. It wasn't as good when I was coming up. I don't know. Ohio, Pennsylvania, those were the top states. There's a school in Brandon that people move to Brandon. Uh, it's north of Tampa or whatever, that way. Uh, people move there so that they could be in that school district yeah. if they want to do wrestling. The, there's a kid there. My name is Mike Calta, and there's a kid there named Michael Calta who is like one of their who went to college last year is one of their best wrestlers. Wow, you know that weird? Yeah, they were. A, they had a reputation of being good when I was here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, any place where there's like uh, redneck type kid, like they're always like <laughs> yeah. they're always Thick like neck. super tough. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when I was a kid, I wrestled a little bit in in Staten Island in high school. Okay, and I was I was tar- terrible, and my coach would teach a new move, and he'd go. We're going to learn how to do this day. And then he'd go, not you. And i go, why? And he'd go, you just have one move, the bear hug. And that was it. That's all he wanted me to do. And then, but uh, I went to a high school and had three floors. And they had two flights, uh, two sides of the stairs. It would go this way, this way, this way, up at the top. So we did this exercise where you ran. Two guys would run to the top, cross, and come back down. And whoever was the last one down had to go up again. 
So when we crossed, we would just beat the crap out of each other. We'd knock each other to the floor. Yeah. A couple guys would come running down bloody because nobody wanted to run them goddamn stairs again. Yeah, that sounds kind of fun. It was, it was, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> if you're the tough guy, it probably is. Uh, Mike is a very funny comedian who I yes. can't believe has never been on this show before. I don't know why. I've never been to Tampa before. You yet. haven't. That's no. what I'm saying because we know no. your comedy. And well, I was like, how have we never had him on before? Um... I know people have, speaking, have spoken very highly of you to me before I came. Bobby Kelly, yeah, who I'm friends with in New York, and uh, Dan Soder, who I live with. Now, that I was going to ask you about, because Soder, Soder told us for the first time that he was here a couple of weeks ago, he went on the Practical Jokers cruise, yeah. and he still lives with you. Yes. Why do you do that to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would uh, imagine... I mean, we're, we're common-law married at yeah. this point. That's the running joke. Well, that and, was the uh, thing, is that you both have girlfriends, right? Yeah. So how do you do that? Like Swap. Yeah, well, that would I'm be nice. No, um, nice. <laughs> uh, no um, I just—it's very like. Um, See, I'm we're, with- we're very, very close friends. So it's like it started a situation when I moved in. He was a waiter, right? So I watched him like explode. Yeah, and then I've been uh, just steadily working. So it's like, you know, it just was a thing where it's like. We're living, and we're living in a great neighborhood, Astoria, Queens. Yeah, that's what you guys where is yeah. probably aren't there a lot. At we're the not. Same we're time. in and out. Yeah, and uh, it's just convenient. And we're. We, I mean, the, the long and short of it is, I don't know what he would say, but we're really close friends. He did say that. Yeah, day, and I lived with my best friend before I got married for six years. And it's very rare that you could live with one person in that six years. Then we had like two fights. Right. And the most, the number one reason, besides financial reasons, all that, the number one reason we live together is because. It sucks to play Madden against a computer. <laughs> so much better to play against it. And that was like yeah. a big deal then. Yeah. And uh, you had somebody at all times to play PlayStation yeah. with. Except it would be lonely to live alone, I think. And we're, what really helps, I didn't think about this till now, we're both in the business the same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're in it. Right. We're grinding, right, right, right. you know, the way that we're both grinding. So that helps a lot. You know what I mean? He did say that you were very sensitive. Yes. He said, he said that he could easily just start take you off by making some sort of broad generalization about Italians. And then he goes, I'll be in the other room and I'll just go, well, Italian guys are not. And I can just see him like, perk up and look over. And he goes, he's very easy, easily, easy to make fun of. Yep. Um, I, one I, is a joke. You follow up with a second one, then you're trying to provoke. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? You ever get up and wrap him up? No, 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 no. He he has that range. Yeah, he's very good distance wise. He keeps his range, and uh, he's. Uh, I think he's got like a sharp elbows. He's you that would kind of a guy. Kill him. I don't think so. I think he's really, really a tough guy. I think, no, you know what I mean. And Bobby, the Bobby same Ke- guy? I was saying on Bobby Kelly's podcast. I was like, I think Soder is actually very, very uh, is a very, very tough guy. You know, because he gets that. He has that. Yeah, intensity, you know, and Bobby Kelly's like, dude, you punch him right in his chin, he'll, <laughs> he'll fall immediately. Now, Bobby has beaten up uh, three-fourths of the show. Well, oh, yeah? Two, I might fraction that very good. No. He beat up Galvin in Spanish, not at the same time. Then I wouldn't really say beat him up. But Bobby does this thing where he he gets into, like, a wrestling thing with you. Hey, mm-hmm. we're joking around, you know, and then all of a sudden he goes, he starts to remember getting molested and being in kid jail and he flips out and he starts throwing things Very around. Aggressive. Everybody's like, whoa, when did yeah. this become serious? Uh, yeah. Around. Yeah. And all of a sudden t-shirts are ripped and yeah. he's yeah. all red. And, yeah. and, then he, and then he spends the next three weeks feeling guilty. Hey, dude, you think Galvin's still mad at me? What can I, should I send him something? I'm like, he hasn't brought it up one time. You sure? Because I feel like a dick now. I don't know if I can come on the show anymore. Uh. Baby, bunch of babies. Uh, and you guys almost fought. 
Who, me and, you and you. Well, but we almost planned a fight. Oh, yeah. Right. We do an event every year called the Punch Out where we put together matches and we go out and do it. And I wanted to fight Bobby because we were both fat and out of shape. And I thought that would be cool. And he was boxing with ladies. Yeah. He, he was bo- like, I was boxing with a trainer. Right. He was boxing at a place where he said the only way that he could really get into it is if they were playing Maroon 5. <laughs> 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 and I thought, well, we should fight each other at the event. And then he backed out of the last Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that would have killed him, right, Mike? I think so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know my wind isn't even that good. Like, uh, you know, it's a couple minutes. You you have all these uh, delusions of grandeur in your head. Like, oh, I'm going to yeah. get in the ring. I'm going to set him up with the jet, and then I'm just going to throw combination on combination. It's like, what kind of, like, cardiovascular system do you think you have? Yeah. Like, no, you'll throw three punches, and you'll be winded, and then you're a punching bag for the other guy. See, that was the good thing is that I had practiced so long of going – three minutes at a time of nonstop punching that I knew he wouldn't be able to do that. So I was like, I'm I'm down with that. Yeah. And also I feel like I'm when I like I threw a lot of combinations, but I feel like when I do this event, I would get in there and swing like a special ed kid and just start doing <laughs> until I hit something. Eventually I'm gonna hit him. I think um at this age, for me, eating contest is a better option than in a boxing match. <laughs> like, like that, let's yeah. have a wing bowl, dude. Yeah, yeah. See surprisingly for a fat guy, not a big eater. No? Not at one time, no. Like, I'm a grazer. Yeah. If I get 20 wings, I'll eat 10, and then I'm, like, done. And my father and brother look at me, like, with such disappointment. They were like, how could you only eat 10? Now, were you always like that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but wow. but then everybody's like, well, I'm full now. And I'm like, well, now I'm going to go back and eat the rest of the 10 while I'm watching this TV show. And right. Then, you know, and then if, like, there's a couple more. I'll, so I, I'll graze. That's the problem. I think that's the way to do it. I had a roommate in college. That's the way he would, he would just like pick and eat. And he was just like a lean guy. I from that Italian intensity. Like you finish everything on your plate. Uh-huh. You know, it's like that's the wrong. People way don't to, understand that. They and they eat fast too. Yeah. Oh, and that, they, people think that that's like a movie joke. That Italians, oh, hey, eat the food. That is like it's a it's a guilt thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. And also, you're like, I don't know about you, but I'd have to eat with a guarded plate. Not even so much for people either, like, my grandfather would either be like, if you're not going to eat that, I'm like, I'm still, I'm in the middle of eating it. Or worse, he was generous, he'd be like, here, take mine. I'm like, I don't want your, now I'm eating his and mine. Right. That's a real, that's a real thing that we have to do. It's a real thing, and it's attached to, like, uh dysfunctional feelings yes. at the end of the day. Like, yes. we all laugh at it, but it's like I dated a girl in um, South Philly, and I would go to her grandparents and eat, and uh, I would just, I would eat. The big mistake is, like, it comes in courses. Yeah. So you fill up on the first course, and you're like, they're giving you seconds. They're like, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> and then it's by the second course, you can't eat, and they're going, what's the, is the food bad? Yeah. What is it bad? <laughs> yeah, is yeah, the food yeah. bad? You don't, lo- you don't like us? Uh, you know what I mean? They get super offended. And that's... Yeah. That's not a, I mean, it sounds like a joke, but it's a real thing. Yeah, no, there's a bunch of, we got a bunch of friends. My buddy Frankie owns an Italian restaurant, and I'll go there, and he'll be like, what do you got? I got Asabuco, and I'm like, "Ah, I'm kind of like trying to be on a diet a little bit. He's like, come on. I mean, you don't like this place anymore? I'm like, oh, it's not it at all. I love this place. Uh, Uh, Mike Vecchione is here. He's going to be at Side Splitters this weekend. Is that where you grew up, Philly? uh, No, I grew up uh, in Youngstown, Ohio, and then we moved to Florida. How is the Italian community in Youngstown, Ohio? There's a lot. Yeah. People, people don't think that. People, no. people think uh, Youngstown. They're like, there's a t- there's Italians in you Ohio. Know why? It's like a steel town. Somebody got a witness relocated over there. Yeah, and then just branched out. <laughs> what do you? And then a far where? What do you call us, rats? Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> not you, but somebody in your life. <laughs> now, isn't yeah. uh, this is Tampa? I feel like this is where pe- this is where they would come. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Wise, All right. Yeah. So let me tell you about. I'll tell you this. I know he loves it. I'm talking about this. My dad worked at Rikers Island. 
the prison. Right. And my dad lives here in Florida now. And then North Florida, Spring Hill, and my dad every once in a while will be like, eh, I, I got to go to my meeting Tuesday night. What meeting is he going to in Spring Hill? You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, I'm like, so I call it the Klan meeting. I'm like, you want a Klan meeting? <laughs> it's not a Klan meeting. But I believe that my dad goes to visit relocated mobsters up there. For what reason? Friends. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He had one guy that used to come to his house to make phone calls a long time ago. Wow. Yeah, but I think that guy's dead, so I can talk <laughs> about that now. That's an interesting story. No one talks about uh, their lives. I, I'm interested in their lives after you know, they get out, they flip, and everything. Everybody calls them a rat. You know, it's yeah. like Twitter before Twitter. Everybody like, beats up on them. But it's like, you kind of don't have an identity now. You were this, you were a mobster, you were a gangster, and now it's like stripped away. It's like the end of Goodfellas. It's right. like, well, now I just do this. It's like, Regular well, that's spot. a whole nother movie. Like, yeah. it's like, uh, now you have to kind of adjust to like, Because they know. made that comedy movie with Steve Martin. Right, right, right. But that's yeah. obviously a comedy. Yeah. But what would that life be like? Yeah. Now, Henry Hill kept getting in trouble. Yeah. He kept trying to sell drugs and all that stuff. I think it depends who you are as a gangster. I think if you're like an entrepreneurial guy and you just were did, did illegal stuff, you actually fare pretty well. Yeah. Because you just are, you have a good business mind and you actually didn't need to be a criminal in the first place. Right. But if you have a guy who's a killer and then he, he's not really an entrepreneur and then you take him out of that life, it's like, okay, now you can't kill. It's like, all right, well, I don't know what I do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. What if they drop you in... In the middle of uh, Montana, yeah, you're a guy who used to be a hitman for the mob. Right, what do you do? I don't and know. do you kill everybody who steals your parking space? <laughs> I don't know. Catholic school teacher. I smell sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we were talking about the. For some reason, I I watched the ending of The Sopranos mm -hmm. last night. Uh, do you and, and then what is it now? Is like the anniversary or something like that? Like why did that come up in news today? Uh, the Steve Perry, the singer from oh, Journey, yeah, yeah. was on with Dan Rather, and they were talking about the ending, of course, and using the music. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't want him to use the music until he saw what it was. He goes, I don't want the whole family dying to our music and right. stuff. So he actually got to find out before they're like, Hey, you can't say anything to anybody, but this is how it ends. So. And then wow. he, he wound up saying, yeah, okay. So what what is think? the real deal with Steve Perry? Like, I don't understand. Like, Journey went on the road. They have that Filipino singer who sounds like Steve Perry. Right, right. But does Steve Perry have voice problems? That's why he, he couldn't go on the road he or he did. didn't want to? He did. Back when initially, whenever he left the band, he had vocal problems right. he, and he had to get surgery done. And they were But it made be, him a better singer after that. They were supposed to be going out on tour. And he was like, just hold off. And they're like, no, we have to go and do this and stuff. And he said, all right, well, then you guys go. He had the surgery done, then he went solo, and then kind of disappeared for a long time. Right. He has a new album that he put out, I think, out last year, which nobody really cares about. It's not Journey, right. you know, so right. that's where they are now. He has a great voice, though, man. He He's really got does. a great But the Filipino voice. kid sounds amazingly like him. He sounds a lot like him, and he adds yeah. a lot of energy to the band and right. brings that whole Filipino community to yeah. Because, oh, there's so many. Oh, they're Filipinos I know. support Filipinos. I, well, Manny Pacquiao can only do so much. Right? <laughs> yeah. He something else. He's going to be president. He yeah. will be president right. of the Philippines. Their concerts now look like when you go to a casino and you're like, where are all these Asian yeah. people come from? They <laughs> never lived here before, and now they're all here. It's true. Uh, um, wait a second. You made me think of something. I'm sorry. The Sopranos. We were on The Sopranos, no, no, and I, I detoured it to I'm, Steve Perry. Uh, no. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, the kid from the Filipino kid is kind of like what you're saying with the mob. He eventually is going to go back to the Philippines. Like, eventually, they're going to either get Steve Perry back or sure. something, and they're going to get I would that imagine. kid out. But he's also, if you, I actually watched a documentary about him, and he lived in, like, 
a hut. A hut. Yeah. Yeah, and it was garbage and terrible. Now he's a multimillionaire, right. so even if he goes back to the Philippines, he's like, guess who owns the Philippines? I, yeah. would, I would watch that show. Yeah. Arnell yeah. goes home. Mm-hmm. There, there you go. But I think it has to do with who has the rights to the music. You know what I mean? Like, I know Motley Crue. I had Jim Florentine on my podcast. Motley Crue is like, I think Nikki Six like, owns the rights right. to well, it. Writes- and they hire Vince Neil now. To go on the road. They just pay him like a flat fee to go on the road. Mm. He doesn't own any of it. Right, yeah. No, the the new singer, Arnel Panada, but still from touring and all that stuff. He's yeah. making way more money than he did playing in bars in the Philippines. Right, right, right. But Nikki Six, yeah, writes a lot of Miley Cruz songs, yeah. so he owns the publishing, and that's the big... Yeah, that's the where all the money is. is. Yeah. Sure, you get all the money. Yeah, because we yeah, in the, the car money, commercials yeah. and all that type of stuff. Nikki Six is an interesting guy, because really he, couldn't, he couldn't play. Like, did you see the Netflix... Yeah, yeah, the dirt, dirt, yeah. yeah, it was kind of like uh, whatever. It he was. wasn't a very good musician. It was he, really interesting that that just drive on pure drive alone. Yeah. that you can succeed because they they got in the studio like oh this guy can't play <laughs> he's not any good. There is a remarkable resemblance to this show from that band because we have a band and I play bass. I'm not very good. No. Yeah, but we're very successful. It's worked out just fine. My That's drive great. is the same as Nikki's. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, our band's playing tonight at the opposite end of where you're going to be. Mike's going to be at uh, Side Splitters uh, all through the weekend. Are you here? What? On just Friday, Friday and Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. They did not rope you into the Sunday show. No. Friday, 8 and 10, 15. Saturday, 8 and 10, 30. And I will tell you, Mike's a very funny comedian. And just like you mentioned, Soder. Bobby, like yeah. in that group of guys yeah. that we love, that are that are constant guests on the show. Nine six zero eleven ninety seven. What were you laughing at? What were you gonna say? Uh, no, I, it's it's funny. I was talking last night to some uh, local comics. It's like you don't realize, you know, your friends how funny your friends are until you like leave that group. Right. And then you uh, can't say that I'm word. Sorry. <laughs> <It's right. laughs> Too many podcasts. Holy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry who, about that. Who, I'm sorry to the Christian. No, um, they never heard it. Don't worry about it. Who? Uh, so, so there's Bobby's podcast. Yeah. There is Dan and Jay have the bonfire. Bonfire. Yeah. What other ones do you do regularly? Um, I've never been on Mark and Joe's, but I uh, Tuesdays okay, yeah, are stories. They do their own. Ari thing, Shafir. Yeah. Ari's podcast. That's good enough. So now uh, put them in order of best to worst. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. A good way to rank your friends. (laughs) I would say, I would say Bobby's is the best because it's done more like structured, except when Lewis is on. Lewis ruins everything. (laughs) Then, uh, then uh, Bonfire. And then, I I like uh, Tuesdays with stories, but I just like hearing the two of them ramble on. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bobby's has the most people on it, so yeah. you know. You say too many people. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't uh, quote me on that. I'll get a phone call. <laughs> Dip. Yeah. Ari, I have you on the show? <laughs> I make you walk up those stairs. Ari is currently kicked off of Twitter, and Bert is uh, tweeting for him. Why? Like he'll text yeah, Bert, really and funny. then Bert will tweet for him <laughs> that it's from Ari. Yeah, Bert's wow. a great dude. He's I wouldn't really... say great. He's all right. <laughs> He's okay. Um, yeah, uh, Bert last night was on. Him and Tom did that hot ones thing, the thing where they eat the chicken wings, oh, the yeah. hot chicken wings. But they did one together. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, so they asked him a question, and he can either answer the question truthfully or not answer and just eat one of the hot wings, and it goes up a level every time. And they asked Bert between Joey Diaz, Joe Rogan, Ari Shafir, and Tom Segura, 
put their their uh, comedy. In, oh my god! <laughs> Bert just started eating. Yeah, because <laughs> you know why? Because Bert would have said Rogan was the worst. Mm. And he can't say it. Not allowed to. That's what I think. Wow. He would be afraid. He'd be blackballed at that point. Yeah. yeah. Man, we just started that rumor now. Bert's going to be like, <laughs> no, what are you doing? Uh, Mike Vecchione is here. Mike's going to be at Side Splitters. Why, and why have you not been down here before? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just... Too many wrestling memories? You're like, I can't go, I can't go back there. I did take some beatings. Yeah. Wrestling. I did good in high school. I worked real hard, but uh, in college, I just, uh, I guess I could have been okay if I, I just went to too big of a school, yeah. like to wrestle. Like we were a third in the country. I mean, they're uh, multi-year national champions now, so they're better now even, but we were third in the country when I was there and it was like. It's a good thing nobody didn't walk in and go, hey, uh, who's that guy? He could probably be a fullback for us. And Jerry Sandusky be nailing you in the shower. That's a strong. Well, that's why he could never be a wrestling coach. Because if you, you know, yeah, try that. If you're molested by him, then you're not a very good wrestler. <laughs> Trial by fire kind of situation. That's true. I, 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 I am. I went to Catholic school from first grade to twelfth grade. Oh wow! And nobody. I don't. I, we had one priest that ended up getting ar- arrested after I graduated high school, Father Quigley, and he did try to mouth kiss Mike Rinaldi, but. Everybody blew it off because Mike Rinaldi was just so handsome. We, we, <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want hard to? Not That's really great. right, but other than that, nobody else. Everybody else was just regular. Uh, was regular priest. And I'm trying to be like, I, I'm kind of feeling a little bit left out. Like nobody. We had no stories from my school. Nothing good. I didn't realize how that worked though. I didn't realize the psychology behind it. It's like, I guess these guys realize that they're pedophile or something's off, so they go to God. Yeah, like, and then they real, then they they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm gonna live, I'm gonna try to live this. You think that's what it is? Like, I God think can help I, I, suppress it. I think that that's what happens with I, don't, I can't all of them, but I think that's the psychology about it. They realize that something's off, and they have these desires. So then they go to God. They're like, oh, I'll just live this celibate life, yeah. and then they fall off because they can't really do that. I think I always assumed it was. A gay thing with a like, I, well, God, the Bible says I shouldn't be gay, so let me go to God, be celibate, and work it out, and He'll take it away from me. And then right. they realize that that's not all, that's, that's all not, fake. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, well, I can't go bang another priest. Maybe one of these guys will give it up. You know, like the kid, like, like I don't, I don't know if they necessarily pedophiles or if they're just around somebody young. Like if I was around somebody young, hot chicks, and that was all I can right. say, I'd be like, oh, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know. I don't know how this took a So what are you here. saying? Robot altar boys? Yeah, something. Yeah. Robots. Probably That's another thing. I was an altar boy. Nothing. Yeah. No. It took us a great adventure. We didn't have any problems. Hmm. Nobody asked for handy. None of that stuff. Although I did have a priest curse. Was it in New York? Yeah. Okay. And I did have a priest curse on the altar one time with an F-bomb, and I I remember I got chills on my spine. It was as if he, it was as if he had asked me to get naked. I was up on the, he opened the thing, and he's like, well, they didn't stock the, the thing before communion. That's great. And he opened the door, and it was empty, and he's like, he just loses his oh my mind. God, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Jesus in the temple flips. The thing yeah, out. He, went, he went all old school <laughs> Jesus on. on us, knocking things yeah. out. That's hilarious. Uh, How long have you been with your girlfriend? Uh, it's pretty new. Seven months. Oh, yeah. yeah. Soder made it like it was a long term thing. I've been in a series of long terms, but um, Are you with pot, now. The ground with now is seven, seven months. It 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 could go that way. Yeah, yeah I mean, like I you, really like into her. Yeah, I don't want to say. I was going to say don't I want to use the f word. I would be like, you look like you're probably like a moody f. Um, uh, no, a little bit. No, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty even keeled. It's just uh, I t- this is really funny. I'm to me anyway. Yeah, I told her because I went through it with the last one I dated. I really tried. I really 
therapy, you know, all this stuff to try to... Like couples therapy? No, no, no. Well, we did go as a couple, but I, w- I went into... I- Going individually, I'm How, like, I'm going to be the best person I can be. You definitely have issues. I can see in your face. You're mad at somebody. <laughs> who, who are you mad at? <laughs> no, it you, wasn't that at all. Let's I was, see therapy right now. I was, Where are your parents? My parent, my father's dead. Okay. So he's in the ground. How long has he been dead? Uh, 2015. December 2015. You, I'm glad you pointed out the location. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> in the ground. And what was your relationship like with him? It was good, but... Uh, it was good because I know he loved me and uh, he's very supportive. But, but he the didn't thing is, show it. No, he did. He All did. Right. He was like emotional. He was an emotional guy. But the problem was he was a broken guy and because uh, he was had an abusive childhood. Right. So he was all over the place emotionally. But he did. He really legitimately did try and he okay. was there for me. But he was just a he was there for me in just a broken form. You know, I got you. So but I always try to figure out. I have a 12 year old son. Yeah. Like how to be the best father. Based on how other people's fathers, like it's a tricky thing now because you don't want to, you can't be abusive. Yeah, I mean, but there's also a thing where it's like, I hope you don't do this because I see a lot of parents doing this now, just coddling them. I'm a coddling them is like not good. You're not doing them any any favors. I'm pretty mean to them sometimes too. So, so uh, I was with Bert one time, and Bert talked to his father on the phone. And he was like, all right, all right, I love you. All right, but yeah, call me that. All right, I love you, bye. And then he's like, oh, yeah, all right, all right, love you, bye. And I looked at him, I go, you just said I love you to your dad more times on that phone call than I have in my entire yeah. life. However, I pointed out, my dad and I have a great relationship. Great relationship. Which is not like I love you guys. Now I talked about that on the air, so now my dad is on purpose saying I love you every <laughs> every uncomfortable chance that he gets. That's great. He's, he's saying, you have to you. do that. Like, I don't I, care if it is uncomfortable. I'm very pro telling oh, people that you love them. Me too, them. but yeah, I tell, you, you, tell son, you are too much. You, no. You're too much. You're, you're not turn it down. You're too no, much. No, you can't turn it down. I, he's uncomfortable because I'm talking to him on the phone, on speakerphone. My son's in the backseat and I'm like, hey, uh, Mike Vecchione on Friday, make sure you book that. He's like, okay, I already got taken care of. I'm like, all right, see you tomorrow. All right, I love you. And I'm like, don't say that to me. You don't know when the last <laughs> then, time we're going to see each other is? I, I don't care when it is. I do. I don't say it to him. He doesn't no. say it to me. No. It's unnecessary. No, it's and not. then he talks to his like college friends and stuff, and he's like, all right, yeah, see, all right, we'll go out tonight, or I love you. And they're like, I love you. I'm like, what are you begging fags? <laughs> we'll have people call in for an interview, and he'll tell them that yeah. he loves them. He oh, put okay. Dan Cook on hold. I go to Dan Cook, and he goes, that guy just say I love you? I probably did. That's great. The odd thing is you really love them. Yeah, of course. So I'm holding Holding out because I only tell it, say it to people that I really love. You, uh, yeah. you could be everybody. My kids are, I, they got it covered. I, yeah, you, you tell me. Smothering yeah. them with love. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. But it's also a thing to build. Like, and I'm obviously not a father, but I did, I have a master's in special education. You do? Yeah. And I, I worked with kids with behavioral problems, and it's important not to coddle them. Like, you have to build that mental toughness, some kind of a mental toughness, so that then when they go out in the world and they're hit with adversity, they don't fold. And, yeah. and parents don't, they don't think that far ahead, or I, I don't know, like, they don't think that way. They're like, oh, protect them from everything. Everything. It's like it's the wrong move. It's a wrong no, move. You're, and right. you're really you crippling wanna, the kids by you doing look that. At the, you look at the kids that were like that that you went to school with, the little spoiled kids. Right. They got everything in you, and look at them. They soft. All, yeah, very soft. Soft. I don't like that. Boy, I bet you'd hit your kids. No, I wouldn't hit them. Like I think you you don't need ninety five percent. You get a knucklehead once in a while, five yeah. percent of the time. But ninety five percent of the time, if you put the work in, you don't need to do that. Paul Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. Nelson. Wrestling. Wrestling yeah. is no marks. Yeah. yeah. You can choke them out. You know what I learned? I used to give my son like a little like a ass spank or a leg spank or whatever. And then the guy who does afternoons here, Drew, he has a son that he pretty much raises by himself, and the kid's great. And Drew one time said on the air, "If you're spanking your kids, you've already lost the battle." And I was like, oh, 
Oh yeah. Mm. So now I now I just poke. But let me ask now you this, true. Mike: Do you do the, do you negotiate? Like I watch, you know, in the grocery store, we've all seen it, where it's like, I want this, and and it becomes like a negotiation. It's like, what do you do? You're negotiating. Yeah. You're negotiating with a kid. It's like it's it's important to explain it out. Mm-hmm. But after you explain it out, it's like there's no more negotiation. Right, You're not reasonable. You believe in Santa. How about this? how about this? <laughs> My son plays Fortnite. You know that yeah, video game? I've heard of it. And every once in a while, you have to uh, spend money on that thing. You don't have to, but hey, can I get twenty dollars? I could buy this. He doesn't ask me for any toys or games or anything like that. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever you want. Finally, I told him, I'm like, listen, just. Let me know what you spent, and I trust your judgment. So he's like, can I get $20 for this? I go, yes. Then he's like, can I get 20 I go, how much? Why don't you just get $100 and you can stop asking me? You know, and I was like, okay. So then he comes to me, he sits down, and he's like, hear me out. I go, okay. He shows me a pair of sneakers that he wants, and they're like $300. And I go, okay, I'm not buying these for you. And he says, hang on a second. He's like, remember I asked you for money for Fortnite? And I go, yeah. And he goes, I asked you for the $20, and then the $100 I got, he goes, I didn't actually use it for the Fortnite. I've been saving it so I could buy these sneakers. And I was like, you little son of a bitch. Wow. That's so smart. Wow. I, I'm actually proud of your sneakiness. Yeah. So there's a difference. I'm raising a spoiled... <laughs> like, my kid's going to be the kid that tries to do that fire yeah. fest. That tries to have oh, a big, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he'll be the kid that gets everybody to give him millions of dollars. And then it never happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's what I'm raising so far. Oh. And I have a daughter whose sole desire is to commit murder. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, she's six and she just wants to kill somebody. Wow. Yeah, and she'll tell you that, too. She will? She's got the strengths in her and that she wants to murder somebody. Oh my God! Yep, she's going right <laughs> to the nut house. And she thought that a graveyard was a place where everyone had been murdered. Yeah, yeah not just died oh of a different thing. She goes, "What's that place called where everyone's murdered?" She goes, "What do they call that place where everybody's murdered?" And you put dirt on them and a rock on top. And I'm like, "You mean the cemetery?" And she's like, "Yeah." I go, "You know, everybody there wasn't murdered. They just That's died." Really great. And she's like, "Oh, graveyard." Oh, you mean playground? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's the sweetest, most beautiful murderer you'll ever see in your entire life. Wow. We I bought her a snow cone machine, like a real one, like an industrial one that you'd see at a fair. And you put the ice in, you crank the thing down, and I know in her head, I know in her head, she's dying for somebody to accidentally. <laughs> Hit the blade! Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's Isn't nuts. everybody? At least I spotted early in my kid. You know? That sounds like um, ID network show. Yeah, yeah, yeah evil yeah. children. Right. That is where I think it comes from because my wife watches all of those shows. Yeah. While she's sleeping in the bed, and I feel like she's subliminally hearing all of these things. <laughs> yeah. You're just she's raising right. Dexter. Pretty yeah. Much yeah. Killing bad people, I'm exactly. fine with that. Just yeah. work that out, and it'll be okay. That'd be funny. She killed people, and then dispose of them by putting them through the snow cone <laughs> yeah. machine and fed them to other people. It's like, wow. Yeah. She just got uses it all. Yeah. Figured it out. All, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Brother's got new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, comedian Mike Vecchione is here. Mike, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been eighteen trying? years? And now, what is the end goal? Eighteen long years. You want to be on because you don't seem to me like the TV type of guy. Uh, I like to be able to draw. I would like to be able to go on the road and have people come out. And, what uh, you say that, that like that's not happening? It's happening a little bit, but um, I would like big crowds. Yeah, obviously, I would like to make money uh-huh. applying my craft. Uh, I would like to write a show. Yeah, you know, I'm doing a little bit with my podcast. We're very segment heavy. You're doing your own so, podcast yeah. now. 
for the love of God, yeah. you comedians and your podcast. We no need, I mean, you your... need to do it because that's why people come to the shows. People yeah. come. I've been on the Tonight Show a bunch of times, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to do it again, and, and come there, and it's all great. But it's like people were like, "I love your like, I love the podcast." Like that's that's what we're morphing into now. You know, See, I, mean? I wish I would have known that. I would have listened to it before. What do you do? Who, who do you do it with by yourself? Justin anyway? Silver, who's also a very funny comic uh-huh. in New York, and um, so we do it. He's Jewish. I'm Italian, so we do that kind of a um, thing. But uh, we're both New York City comics. So we're we're very segment heavy. We produce um, stuff, you know. So we have guests on, and then we so we do the segments with the guests. So I so last year I built a studio in my house, a pretty mm-hmm. nice studio, and I haven't done one thing in it yet. And I built it because I think we might do a podcast of some sort. But I'm afraid that the podcast stuff is going to come back to haunt me. Like I feel like if we're doing it in my house and we're comfortable. I'm just going to start talking like nobody's ever listening. Right. And I and I feel like right. that stuff's going to come back to haunt me. Well, you got to have a producer, I think. We have a producer. We do it Lewis's network, which is yeah. Lewis and Ralph, which is Gas Digital. So we do it there, and there's producers, and it's a great team of people. And then we take all the stuff and put it on um, the segments and put it on YouTube. I mean, you know, with content That's now, it's like you need it. a lot yeah. of content. So it's like you don't want to waste we prepare for the podcast heavy, so we take the segments and put them on YouTube, see if you can get, you know, hits there, build a YouTube channel. It's all like, it's become like super, like a marketing. Right, I mean, right, I guess right. it always was, but I guess the platforms have changed. Why, so, did but you it, to, why did you go to couples therapy? What happened there? I went. To, I was going to therapy to try to become a better, you know, you have all this repressed you stuff you don't even realize. You went to yes, therapy and absolutely. you feel it's better for you. Yes. It worked for you. Yeah, what yeah, was yeah. the biggest revelation? Let's get all your personal. Well, just the thing, the way that the way that I was raised, it's like you know the therapist goes, "Oh, you were, um, you know, you were emotionally bullied a little bit, like growing up." So that's what you know. And I'm like, "Hey, don't you know, you uh, defend your parents right away." You're like, "Hey, they did the best they could." It's like, "Yeah, dude, I'm not saying they didn't do the best they could. I'm just saying that what you went through was, you know." Emotionally stunting Mike a lot of the time. Choked out his therapist. The first one is dead. Yeah. No, but that's your immediate reaction when he when he goes to break and you tell him your the story, and then he goes to break down. It's like, oh, this, this, and this is happening, and you're See? like, hey, don't talk about my father like that, man. <laughs> that's why I feel like I wouldn't like therapy because I'd be like, yeah, they were horrible people. Like I disagree with everything they said. Well, your mom did. Yeah, she was terrible. You know, like I don't know. Like I don't think that I have any. Like, cause I probably should go to therapy, right? But I already feel like I got it all figured out. Like I forgive people and I move on, to right? Things. Well, that's great. But then, then maybe you're, then maybe you'd be validated in that. But yeah. I think that a lot of times we're just like feeling around in the dark. So it's like therapy gives you another, like an objective set of eyes to be like, oh no, it's this. Yeah. Oh no, your father was like, uh, you know. He was just on you. He suffocated. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair what you went through. And you go, yeah, that wasn't. And and as a result. This happened. You know what I mean? Like, you start to connect the dots a little bit more. Do you like people better now? Do you understand it? Like, you call your mom and be like, oh, I like your mom, my mom better. It's not even that. I mean, I love my mom. I always yeah, yeah. liked the, and loved them. But it's just like you start to connect the dots. It's like, oh, this is why I'm acting this way. Yeah. This is why I'm doing this. It's because of this. You know, it's not an accident. It's a cause and effect. But you don't you don't see it sometimes because it's marred with all of this um, subjectiveness. Like, oh, I love these emotions. Like, no, this happened. And as a result, this happened. See, I now I kind of want to do it just to see what they would say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't really feel like I need, like, I'm not like, I gotta go to therapy. I'm, you know, people get built up. And they have, right, 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 right. I'm pretty chill. Well, it's not one of those things where it's like, you know, I went because I was struggling. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, even if you don't think you need it, 
you you get there and then you start to uncover stuff about yourself. Yeah. And you come to these realizations. Um, I know it sounds corny what I'm about nah. to say, but it's like it's about being a better person in my in my mind. Like I'm trying to like be a better person. Right. So, you go to a medical doctor for a yearly checkup. It does it, it makes sense to go to a, a mental health professional yearly. I guarantee your to, therapist told you that. Yeah. No, she didn't. Yeah, it's a, it's really? crocheted on a pillow. It. It's not crocheted <laughs> on a pillow. <laughs> he, 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 just went, he just went to therapy. I, I mean, I You're not a better up. person. Why uh, do you need therapy? As two of us berate you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I need, I've needed therapy because of, uh, you know, my past, my childhood, obviously, and then a bunch of stuff happened over the holidays that kind of threw me off. What are they saying about me in therapy? What do you mean? I want to know what you say about me. I don't really me. talk about you. I don't believe you. Oh. I swear. I don't believe there's you. There's nothing really to talk about. They don't, ask you about they don't ask you about work? Uh, I mean, they ask work about work, life. but there's nothing to get into. I mean... Mm. I think you're lying. No, I've had a good, I've had a good lying. work life here. You, if I you find out you well. love me in therapy, I'm be so mad at you. I do love you. I'll never talk to you again. Oh, Not man. that kind of love. You oh, know what I'm saying? Like gay love. Yeah, I, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 2019. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm afraid of. I'm Maybe. Go to therapy in there, but it turns out you're gay. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, uh, and then the girl you broke up with her, you finally even after therapy. Yeah, we like, broke up. Oh, the, the, that was what I was saying too. Like I went through such a thing with uh, my last girlfriend, and uh, I, I get beat up by these things. Like I'm an emotional guy. I know it doesn't seem that way this early. No, it does. Morning, I can tell. But I am emotional. So, the, and I do give a hundred percent in a relationship. So when it ends, it takes a toll. So, um, and there was a lot of unnecessary fights, in my opinion, on the last relationship. So now when I, I started dating um, this girl, I'm like, I sat her down and I'm very like kind of straightforward. So I was like, look, um, I love you, but I'm not putting up with a lot of nonsense. Yeah, get it out and, early. And, and, and yeah, she's a comic. So you know what she said? She's like, uh, she looked me in the eyes and she goes, how about a little nonsense? A little bit of nonsense? Yeah. Just a little? She's a comic. Really how funny. that? Uh, it's actually pretty good. You know what I mean? I dated comics. I've dated what is her comics name? before. Her, uh, her name is Katie Hannigan. Pull that up, Carmen. Katie Hannigan. Yeah. Now, here's the problem with this. I don't really know you yeah. very well other than your stand-up. Right. But I feel like I do know you. And I feel like I know you just from looking at your face. I could tell you're moody. You're, you seem like a nice guy. Like, I think we'd be friends and we'd get along. But I feel like you... Like, oh, she's very pretty. I feel like... Uh, Katie comes on the scene, all of a sudden she becomes a big superstar, and right. you're like, you do one of these. <laughs> like, well, this is ridiculous. I've been doing this 18 years, and now she's famous. And you're going to be so mad at her for the rest of your life. You're going to have to go back to therapy. That would seem like a thing, but yeah. uh, the thing is... Uh, I don't mean because she's a girl or anything no, no, like no, no, that. No, no, I mean, uh, You make a good point. Yeah. You make a good point. It's, it's natural human emotion. Right. See, this is where therapy kicks yeah. in. That's yeah. why we're right. That's why I'm such a good therapist. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's where therapy kicks in. When I moved in with Soder... Right, I'm good friend. Love Soder. Yeah, wish nothing but. And he, he guy deserves everything he gets. Okay, he was right. a waiter. Yeah, I had done a half. I had just done a half hour special. Right, he, he's done. I mean, he's blown up, but he was a waiter when I moved in. So I'm in the room next to him, and I'm I'm watching him just explode and from, from where, being a waiter. where my successes have been like, and I've had some, but it's like incremental. Climbing, whereas he's exploded, and rightfully so. I mean, You're the going- industry actually got it right. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying what, like, I had to emotionally. There's an emotional thing where sure. it's like I have to deal with, like, oh, he's getting it and deserves it, and I'm happy for him and I love him. Right. But it's like, 
Where's my am I is any of these doors going to open for me? Right. These doors that are flying open for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and we've talked about it. It's nothing I haven't talked about with him, but I've had at least experience in that. So and she's very talented. And so By the like, way, if she explodes, then it's like I'll I, I have some like I have some foundation for how to deal with that. Okay. Okay. Soder should be helping you out now. The door is open. He should be like He does. Vecchion would make he, a great He really does. He'd make a great Bodyguard for <laughs> acts and billions or something like that. Oh, I thought you meant like uh, he oh, no, right. bodyguard <laughs> in life. Yeah. Like um, he's uh, he's very funny. He's my very funny driver. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean get you like a good uh, part on a Showtime show or something. Yeah, yeah. No, Listen, he, he does. He does that. He's do you a, ever lay in bed and go? Because I think this. I'm telling. This is my thoughts. Yeah, Dan sort of blowing up and he's on billions and it's going really well and stuff. But you're a funnier comedian than he is. Like no. He, oh, yeah. Absolutely not. Uh, he He's a guy, like, I'm almost jealous of uh, guys like him, like hi, him specifically. His style is, uh, we have different styles. I'm like a joke guy, like, and even if I tell a story, I'm building it with jokes. Right. He's like um, a roll guy. He'll roll the joke, he'll roll one joke. He's a riff guy. Yeah. He'll riff it into a bit, and uh, I'm jealous, I'm almost jealous of how he can do it. His style. Yeah, yeah his style. Yeah. It's like... Just because of the breadth of material. Like, it takes me, like, a long time to build 10 minutes. Whereas, like, it seems like, and I could be delusional, but it just seems like he can riff 10 minutes yeah. into something. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? You. And I'm like, what the hell? I just had a great idea for a TV him. show. What's yeah, the hell you're all right with. Okay. Um, so remember when when Last Comic Standing started happening, they were all in a house together? Right. I would much rather watch that, of you, but now I would put in just hotheads in the house. I would put you... Uh, Paul Verzi, Bobby, like just by a bunch of dicks that know that they're gonna just tear each other apart the whole time. Would you not watch that? Oh like, yeah, you watch, you watch Real Housewives because you want to see them be mean sure. to each other. Flip the table. You know, yeah. you jerks right. are gonna be going at it right out of the gate, and then and then doing things to bust each other <laughs> balls and get mad at each other. Right. The first day it starts out funny. Yeah, and then the like, first day, well, you're short. Yeah, you're tall. Yeah. <laughs> then the third day, it's like, oh, you haven't worked anything but this color. You're a mid-carter yeah. at best. Oh, forget about it. You guys should be killing each other. That's absolutely. I don't think it would. I don't think it would functionally work. Then the therapist <laughs> like, would come in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. And and then rehab. Yeah. Instead of doing ten minutes of stand up, you do ten minutes of rehab every day. <laughs> Call it murder house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it would be. But I like on those shows. It's like we'd have a big fight and then we'd have to settle it at a brunch. Yeah, which is where it's always yeah. settled. Yeah. And then somebody throws a table. Who yeah. ah. <laughs> don't a real mob wives? Yeah. <laughs> do you not like? Is there somebody you don't like comedian wise? You can say it. No, no, um, I'm trying to Let's think. Let's see if we dislike the same people. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think if... Not really. I just... If, if it's somebody I don't like... There's guys who are conducting themselves in the business the, I, the way I wouldn't conduct myself. It's like... It's... Uh, they're just... It seems like they're kind of... Oh, let me say this. Yeah, please. I'm not a identity politics guy. I'm not into identity politics. Okay, so, so, so you're not. It's like I like an individual. If you're good, no matter who you are, if you're a woman, if you're black, if you're white, it's like whatever. It's like I'm judging you based on what you. kind of a comic you are. Okay. So I'm not, um, you know. I got you. I got. I was at this club and I got off, I got off stage. I, I, I did this other room later that night and I got off stage and, and this girl confronted me. She's like... Um, who were your openers at the other club? I'm like, oh, it's these two guys. And it was a Hispanic guy and a black guy. And she's like, oh, three men 
<laughs> Three men yeah. on a lineup. Yeah. Real nice. It's like, well, you should tell the booker to book more women. I'm like, should I tell the female booker to book more women? Are you out of your mind? Right. Why, you know is that your, why is that your job? Why do you have to do that? I mean, it just, I, it's just like a, the level of bitterness. Don't you ever want to look back yeah. and go, well, ladies, be funnier? <laughs> uh, there are a lot who are funnier. They're, they're a lot but funnier, that... and they, they're struggling, too. It's like, if it's like, oh, they need more women. It's like, pick these. You're... you're Pick these women. Yeah, like these women are funny, and you're not, you're not g- grabbing them. My or- thing is, I think that when I'm all for women being funny, women being right. whatever they want to be, president. But um, the woman that comes out to me, I look at her and I go, "You're hurting. You're the reason. You're reversing my feelings. You're making me hate you." Well, it's 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 about competence. Like in any field, it's diversity is important. It is. It's a thing, but it shouldn't be the first thing. I don't walk when I flew here. I didn't walk past the cockpit of the plane, look in the cockpit of the plane and go, where's the diversity? I don't care about the diversity in that situation. Yeah, I care about the competence of everybody in the cockpit. So whether it's three right. Indian transgender women, right. if you can fly the plane and you're in there, then I'm good. Oh, yeah. see, you're easy. The we're, still, are, we're all still holding out for Monique to get more money from Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what she called the show one time and was and tried to explain that to us. Right. And I was like, I kind of get your side of the story now. I get what you're yeah. saying. And then she's like, so cancel that never. I was like, oh, I'm not canceling that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're, yeah. now you're just being crazy. <laughs> Mike Vecchione, go see him at Side Splitters this weekend, 960-1197 to make reservations or SideSplittersComedy.com. Tonight, 8 and 10, 15. Saturday, 8 and 10, 30. All the guy wants for the love of God is good crowds. And uh, you'll get him this weekend. I'm, I'm positive, and I'm glad. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on, man. Happy to have you. Yeah. And uh, and this audience knows that we have a, you know, not every comic that comes to town is coming on the show. No, there's that, guys that we I like and that, guys yeah. that are funny. So trust me when I tell you, if you haven't seen Mike, to go check him out. You'll like it. And do you know who else is with you tonight? I can tell you whether they stink or not. Mark Riccadonna. I don't know him. Mark Riccadonna. I wanted a... so badly to tell you. <laughs> that, no, guy stinks. He's originally from. He's great. He's originally from Youngstown, Ohio. Oh, he's your he, friend. He's my. He's my friend. Okay. But uh, I didn't bring him. He actually. He actually got me here. Okay. So um, he's great. I, I, he lives in Philadelphia now, but he lived in New York for a long time. All right. Mark, I was going to yeah. say, if you had questions about local guys, I would tell you right yeah. now if they stink or if they were good. Most of them are pretty good. Carmen dates one. Oh, yeah? Carmen dates, Carmen dates him, and she's slowly trying to manage his career. <laughs> no, I am not. He I, looks okay, let me just tell you. Himself. I have no If Mike calls me it. after the show and says, the girl walked me out, I was trying to force her boyfriend on my gig. What is that all about? <laughs> <laughs> You're have a problem. But there's, I was talking to local guys last night. It's like there's a lot of room. There's, is there a lot of, there's a lot of stage time. No, don't listen to them. No? There's two clubs here. Yeah. Maybe three sometimes. One's a wing joint. Also oh, okay. does comedy. And then there's a bunch of uh, open Bar mic shows. places. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That's nonsense. Most of those people are terrible. Don't let them lie to you and tell you that they're good. Okay. But uh, is that the key? Just doing as much as you can stage time? I mean, yeah, that's why New York is the best. New York's a gym. Like, we get up all the time as much as possible. Plus, going on podcasts helps. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but Except yeah. Lewis. The, the, ra- <laughs> the rattlesnake? Somebody got bit by the Puerto Rican rattlesnake. <laughs> I got I got bit by the obnoxious Puerto Rican gorilla. Is what happened. <laughs> I'm just kidding. By the way, I love. Why do you always start to try and start? No, it. because yeah. because uh, la- uh, two weeks ago I was up on uh, Jim and Sam's show, yeah. and Lewis was there, and we were 
fake fighting with each other again. So I'm just kidding. I think he's great and we're all good. That's great. But if you say something about him, then he'll say something about you right. and it'll escalate in an, in an octagon match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he will book it and sell tickets for yeah. it. And I don't know if I want to fight Lewis. I don't think no. that's... I, I would have to stab him when nobody's looking. <laughs> yeah. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.